Welcome to the We Are Alive Fancast. And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode number 40 of the We're Alive Fancast, where we cover every new release of the We're Alive patio drama. I'm Redbeard. And I'm Mick. And spoiler warning, we're covering chapter 45, Distorted Truths, part one of three. What What happened elsewhere? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so do we have any corrections from them? We do, we do. Let's see, uh, got a few different things. Uh, Casey tweeted to us just a possible slight correction. You mentioned a behemoth attacking the tower. I don't think that's accurate, and I'm not sure where I was unclear. I didn't. I didn't mean to sound like that. But anyways, you guys had a conversation about that. Anyways, <laughs> where you're like, yeah. wait a second, a behemoth did actually come to the tower at one time. The behemoth came just down the street from the tower. I think is what I was referring to in that last episode, and coming after uh, Victor and Saul that were in the truck. Right. And they were shooting with the 50 cal. They they may have been further away from the tower at that time. I'm not, I'm, I can't remember for sure. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Uh, KC also tweeted, Saul stabbed Tree Hemoth and the muscle relaxant barely let its fingers to loosen uh, enough to lose its grip while they're in the helicopter, you know. So yeah. That's good to know. that Because I was talking about it maybe having tranquilizer as a weapon. And he's saying that, look, it was just barely enough to get it to loosen its fingers and fall. So I guess we know that that wouldn't work. So if you always have them on a ledge, it's perfect. Right, so only fight on ledges. <laughs> <laughs> or in aircraft. Casey says, uh, CJ is worried about the Maulers seeing them at Dunbar, but I guess zombies too, because we were kind of talking about who are they afraid of? The zombies or the Maulers? He's just confirming that she's really worried about Maulers, but zombies too. Yeah, I was wondering if something had happened during the time all this was going on to one of the convoys, because Scratch was already observing him, saying she was going to go after him. So Yeah, and this last one, we were talking about um, how how basically Tanya killed Lizzie because they could, would have just delivered there at Dunbar. Everything probably would have been a better chance of survival. You know, just kind of, I was just being silly, but I was also saying that maybe that could have been possible. But uh, we got, I think we agreed that wasn't the best decision. But Casey's... Oh, we also talked about going and picking up the supplies at the hospital, which is what he's about to talk about here. Uh, and why couldn't they just go do that real quick? Go get that stuff and bring it back. And he says, uh, getting supplies from the hospital and bringing them back would have taken way too much time. He did the math. So whatever the complications were with her pregnancy wouldn't work out. Not like my good buddy's wife who was in labor for... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Almost a day before the doctor even scrubbed up, basically. Oh my gosh. <laughs> not at all. Not almost a day, but for a good 13 hours before there was any progression. That was not the case with us. My daughter was born and, like, she was ready to go. Came out in just a matter of, well, it seemed like minutes. Okay, so uh, no iTunes reviews uh, this over the two week break, so you ready to hop into the McRed Network scene by scene coverage? So I, I figured with the new chapter, we have new artwork, we could discuss our initial thoughts on what this was. Initial thoughts. Well, the, my initial thoughts, unfortunately, I did not get to see a big version of it before I got started. Because whatever, wherever I was, I clicked it and it was just like, uh, no, I'll stay small. So uh, 
My initial thoughts. Scene from Highlander when the quickening happens? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... I can't remember what my first thoughts were, but I couldn't tell that it was the arena. So what, what were yours? Uh, I looked at it and I was like, well, it's it's the arena. I said it looks like a fire cir- circled by either rubble or beans. I, like, I-, I let my imagination go wild. And it looked like there were figures kind of circling the fire. And the larger ones, I was wondering if they were behemoths. And I didn't know what was going on. Hmm. Yeah, I thought I just thought it was a blue fire and I couldn't tell anything else other than that in the small version. This is good artwork though. I like this. I like the I've liked the last several. Right. And this season's been really good with it. But uh when once I did blow it up I could, and, and heard had heard the story, I really did appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Larger sized. All right. A beautiful scene-by-scene coverage. Yes. We opened up with uh, Bert and Riley at the fire station. That's where they are, right? A fire station? Yes. And Bert returning to journaling. All right. Yeah. Good for him. We find out that this is right after they dropped off Tanya and Saul at Dunbar. So this is before Lizzie and Datsu pass and before the baby's born. Right. And we get to hear from Dog the Goat. Yeah, and Bert talking to the goat. (laughs) And I got to say... Uh, Casey does a great goat noise, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that is him, that would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. No, I'm pretty sure that's a real goat. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was too. But if you need any, need somebody to step step in for you, <laughs> I could help with that. <laughs> we'll try to get on there any way we can. What, give, give us your best goat noise. I gotta save it. You know, we gotta have the secrets. Oh, okay. Right. We don't want it to be so <laughs> obvious. Whenever it, it turns out it was Skittles the goat uh, that replaced Dog the goat, you know, <laughs> or some other spy goat. Yes, <laughs> spy goat, cousin of the zygote. Yes. Uh, so we're jumping backwards in time. So it's still raining. And I, yeah, it is. And I got mad at Riley when she said, "When have they ever needed this?" When they were mentioning how the uh, the relays could go down. Yeah. And I even made a note because I was this dumb at this part of the of the show. I was like, "Well, obviously, whenever the behemoths attack the hospital, <laughs> <laughs> it was only on my second time through that I was like, wait a second, this doesn't fit here. <laughs> we're doing a uh, a little jump backwards in time, and which I which I really like." Them doing that and having telling a parallel story happened that happened at the same time. And in the past, they really haven't called on them. They haven't so, so much, but they they have needed them a couple times. And I forget which instance in particular. Maybe the escape from Radon Labs or <laughs> somewhere like that. Yeah. Uh, they've they've mentioned that or Bert mentioned that he heard some of these things even, but never piped in. It's like, mm. come on, Bert knows. Maybe he didn't share that with Riley. Yeah, you're doing fine. <laughs> but I hate to find out what this is going to do to Riley's psyche afterwards. When she finds out that they could have helped. Oh, right. Right, right, right. So they make their move and they're going to some neighborhood. I didn't catch where. It's just, well, it's just blocks away from Sunset. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the road. So maybe Sunset Boulevard. This is a neighborhood, I though. I have no clue. <laughs> Well, they mentioned a, a greenhouse with barbed wire around it. And when they first said this, I couldn't help but think it's a greenhouse, like plants and all that stuff. But as the episode progressed, it sounds like it was really just a house that was painted green. You want to hear something? Yeah. 
that's me double face palming because I was the whole time I was picturing a house with a greenhouse next to it with barbed wire. <laughs> Never ever put that together. I'm so glad you said that. As you were saying it, I was like, no. Oh my gosh. That makes so much more sense. But whenever they said there was a greenhouse, I was like, oh cool. So this might be a place. This is a very sustainable type place. And Bert even talked about how they would might even just slide in and start taking advantage of some of these resources. I was like, oh, cool, they'd have a greenhouse. That's neat. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. The similar thing happened to me recently, too, about somebody talking about a greenhouse, and I was like, there's not a greenhouse there. They didn't mean that. <laughs> but but it's easily I, I, confused. Yeah. <laughs> somebody help. <laughs> so I, I really appreciated also just the... And to use the word spy again, but the spy-like qualities are the sneaking around they were doing. Yeah, drilling through the lock. Yeah, and you know I pictured them, you know, cr- crawling low, trying to get around. I, I just I like that kind of stuff, and I could picture it really well. It would translate very nice on screen. And they what do they call that device? A video telescope. Yes, that's that's what I got with the monitor. Yeah, it was awesome, and it like pan tilts electronically and. So they don't have yeah. to be huge silhouettes in a in a window, right? And they they're totally moving Bert and Riley CSI on us, <laughs> loving it. Buddy Cop show too, and Stakeout movie. Stakeout movie. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, this is the other part that I thought was really cool. On at least as far as we know right now, is Tardus's part putting the leaving the curtains up and putting the boards on the windows behind the curtains. So it looks like there's, it's nothing being protected. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty slick. That is. So, uh, let's see here. We get well, I it. like the description of the place too, how it's, uh, very strategically located, you know, close to the main roads. As I said, I'm just repeating verbatim what they said pretty much. And, but still small enough to hide amongst all these other houses. And there's, and plus there's two ways out, which is important for someplace if you're worried about being attacked and also close to the old tower. Ah. So this was a really neat uh, place for them to, to be holding up. So I guess a lot of people caught this the first go around. And I think we've talked one-on-one about it in the past, but I was totally clueless with the uh, whole conversation about seeing Lizzie with Saul bothering Riley. Yeah, because they yeah. mentioned it earlier about my angel. I believe she was missing angel and it was kind of making her sick to see people that much in love. Was that where you're going with it? I swear, I thought they were going with it. Okay, well, what is it then? If you go back and listen to it a little bit more, and everybody else caught it because they've all suspected that Riley uh, bats for a different team. Okay. But it's in there. Um, Riley even said that she knew that the feelings weren't mutual, but it felt good having that connection. Hmm. So I thought she was missing the group, or, you know, she was just, you know, messed up because other people were... Just hunky dory, and there were acting like there's no problem in having relationships, and she didn't have one, and missing Angel, like you, you know, had stated before. But I didn't catch it until I listened to it the second time. I was like, holy crap! And so Bert was <laughs> so when Bert was saying he knew that, and he'd been with her four months, so was he alluding that he knew that about her? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, totally over my head, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm so clueless sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not a huge detail, but to me, I, I don't know, but kind of a different insight to her. And even worse is because I was thinking, as she was saying this, and Bert was opening up to her, 
and everything. I was like, oh man, this uh, maybe the maybe we're leading into something else here. No, <laughs> oh, I couldn't be further from the truth. Well, I was kind of confused by it at first, and they never had any relationship between Saul and Riley. He yeah. even mentioned that he didn't care anything about her. I thought at one time, but I just thought it was her being upset over um, Angel. Yeah, over Angel. That's uh, yeah, me too. But I totally missed it because she mentioned, you know, she may never get that chance again with Angel liking her. I guess you're right. She never said she liked him back. Nope. What? Interesting tidbit. Very much. <laughs> kind of, if you go back and look at the scene where <laughs> Michael thought Riley was hitting on him, it makes so much more sense now. When she starts laughing at him, saying no. Oh, wow. How long ago was that? Oh, it was a long time ago. It was when they were in the tower and... Uh, okay, because you said it like we just listened to it. And I was like, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Michael was smoking a cigarette and... She was saying something. I forget what she said exactly. And Michael took it as a her uh, as Riley hitting on him, and she started laughing at him. I'm kind of thinking about it, and I'm wondering if I've maybe suspected this just in passing and totally never gave it any much more any thought. You, yeah, yeah, because you you and I have joked about it before, like a long time ago. Okay, yeah, but I didn't really think that. I, I like, didn't either because sure. I thought she had a real interest in uh, in Angel, but. I guess not. I guess you just liked having the attention. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'll be listening for that now, for sure. <laughs> and so, uh, to, to move on, unless you're not done there. No, I'm done. I'm on high Skittles alert here. Like, any chance I can think it might be Skittles, I'm thinking Skittles. But they have the, you know, they say this is a short man. I don't remember how tall Skittles is or anything. I, I just the first thing I think is this is could this be Skittles? And then I'm thinking, well, he doesn't he doesn't drive, I don't think. But still, come on, be Skittles. And then he doesn't drive. He doesn't, does he? I, <laughs> I don't he know. Like, like I walks, mean, he was. He either walks or he teleports around. He doesn't. He teleports. <laughs> <laughs> he was fairly normal until the Dunbar collapse the first time. You know, the security collapse. Yeah. Well, he learned he learned <laughs> a lot of things. I wouldn't put it past him. He might be rubbing some dilithium crystals together. Yes. <laughs> I probably just enraged anybody that actually knows about that stuff because I don't. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. And then I thought, well, maybe it's Randy. But then, no, he doesn't drive. So. Yeah, and then we hear the squelch on Bert's radio go off. And I'm thinking, crap. And, uh, you know, I started thinking about the timing of this. And this is probably when they were calling for help on every radio they could. Yes, that is. That's exactly what I thought, too, when Saul was calling out from every radio. And uh, also thought it could that it could have been uh, Michael or Vic, or Victor mm-hmm. calling out at some point, but because I think they have one of those radios too. Mm-hmm. But I think it fits in better for whenever Saul was, you know, switching through all the radio radios. Don't know for sure though. I'm sure oh, people in forums probably have it nailed down, but I yeah, you know, it. well that I get why he, I get why Casey broke up uh, the episode like this instead of. Keeping like breaking it up into multiple scenes, he only put it in two. Well, why is that? Because this is going further back in time. What's going on with Michael and Victor is happening in the future. Yes, compared to this scene, right? It, okay. That continues the timeline from forty-four part three, whereas this one is more like forty-four part two. So yeah, okay. So you said there's the guy coming up in a car, and he stopped at the house, and he's stumbling into the. Uh, 
He's stumbling outside the car, getting the key that's hidden outside. What was it hidden in the gutter? Drain pipe. A drain yeah, pipe. I guess so. That's the craziest thing. I guess so you don't have to worry about losing it or keeping up with it. It makes me automatically assume that this, uh, he's got multiple safe houses. Yeah, I bet so. We ready to go into the into this house with Bert and Riley? Sure. So they they sneak in all uh, Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> oh, I do want to note something real quick. After letting him fall asleep. Yes, after because he's not drunk, he's exhausted. Yes, right. Which is important here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, I'm sniffly, so I'm like I'm muting a lot to like sniff and take a drink and all that. Okay. So to find my timing's off. That's why. But, uh, so yeah, they go in there and they, uh, again, more of this cool stuff of them just sneaking in undetected <laughs> and uh, getting right up to his bed. Well, it's easy when the key's in the drainage pipe still. Right. And so they wake him up and we learn he's Philip. And at this point, I don't recognize his, vo- recognize his voice. And even after he said his name was Tardust, hooray! Which, I'm, I like Tardust now that uh, Todd went on his thing about why he likes Tardust. But, uh... I didn't. I still didn't catch his voice for real, you know, very well until uh, he started talking a little bit, another sentence or two after he'd mentioned his name was Tardust. So it makes me wonder how the timeline's working, because this is before, or this this is either before or right around. Well, because this is dark, mm-hmm. right after they dropped him off. So this is the day that Dot Two and Lizzie died. Because yes. remember, at the end of the previous it's the storm, chapter, it's the same storm. Mm-hmm. At the end of the previous chapter, Tardus was with Scratch, observing the uh, convoys leaving. Right. So okay. you, you want to talk timeline here? Yeah, because I'm thinking about it now, because it's messing me up. But it's my understanding that this is happening at the same time uh, Saul and Lizzie are at the hospital. Also the same time that Michael and Datu are traveling into the church and going through all that. And I guess probably this is also the same time that um, CJ and Pegs have dropped off, have met, have been to Lake Matthews, and then they've come back to the colony for just a second, I think. And, or maybe they're on their way back from Lake Matthews, I forget, and they got the call en route to the colony that there's problems at the hospital. Okay, gotcha. So the, by so the time Scratch was just doing recon, it sounds like. She didn't attack the convoy. Well, I'm I don't know, I'm starting to wonder otherwise. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that CJ and Pegs would have made it to Lake Matthews, checked it out, and then left had there been an attack. Well the only reason it, it's messing with me is because it he got there right as it was getting dark, or right after it got dark. Or it seems like it may be later in the night now. So but he left he said that Scratch didn't know about the house and he said that he left Scratch behind. Yeah, I'm not, he's I'm not sure how much I buy that, for sure. I was going to ask you if you think he's just telling the truth straight up. Hmm. I, I really don't know. Unless he's already not trusting her and they've been without resources. I mean, he has, he's got enough reason to have a safe house. Right. I mean, if he had limited resources for this long and she's on this one vendetta, I would try everything possible to get away from her. Oh, yeah. He's already kind of called around a couple times. If you know, How long are we going to keep doing this? This is a. Uh, we've got some other things like survival that we need to be thinking about. Yeah. So I mean, things may have went down with the convoy, and he may have left and said, "Screw it, this is my chance to get out of here." 
and get away from this, this chick. And so if I think about it from that perspective, he may be telling the truth. Yeah. I don't think there was a convoy attack because I think we would know that because especially with air support, CJ and Pegs would not, you know, that wouldn't have happened without them saying anything. Well, if not, I don't know why they're splitting up like this. And if he did leave her behind, is she going to attack the convoys by herself? Because that's what he made it sound like. I think she was just doing recon, and my understanding would be that yeah, he left her behind, and he's probably thinking about maybe leaving her behind for good, but they may have planned meet-up places where they meet, and while hmm. she did recon. That, that may very well be the... worn out. I mean, according to what he's saying right now, is that that's her plan, that's what she's planning to do, and that he left her. Right. But he didn't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I trust them either, but it, it would make things interesting. Yeah, all on my notes, and this may not be exactly what he said, but I just have that he said he left her, and she was following col- colonist convoy as they were leaving, not planning an attack. It was it was supposed to sa- sound like that. And also, I wanted to know what that noise was from about 1555 to 1600, where, where it's supposed to raise tension, you know? I mm-hmm. need to know what that noise is called <laughs> so I can find it for our stuff. But... Uh, <laughs> So basically, I think that was just put in there to make it sound like there's going to be an attack when there's not really. She's just doing recon, seeing what's there, see, looking for weakness, uh, weaknesses. So you, do you think this is the safe house for both of them? Uh, I'm not sold that he's completely being truthful on this, but uh, I don't know either, you know? Yeah. And so before we close out that section, I have a, a question for you. Do you think Pegs will die during this confrontation? I think Pegs will die during this confrontation. Um, well, I thought Saul and Lizzie were going to be happily ever after. And I thought Michael would die and Pegs would live. I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> I, uh, uh, it's very possible that would be, that would lend um, itself to a very, a very good, you know, part of the story, unfortunately. For some. For some. <laughs> and make it up to others for... Who are inclined not to feel the same way you do. <laughs> yeah, some people that like to see innocent slaughtered. <sighs> just, have, because they have, might, just because they might be mildly annoying. You, we have varying views on innocence. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty cold, man. Be cold. <laughs> Round them all up then, huh? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're saying. Round them all up? Who anybody are they? That's, anybody that's broken a heart. Oh, no, huh? No, just this one in particular. <laughs> Round them all up. What are we putting them in? I'm not the one doing it. I'm the one saying we shouldn't do it. Round them all up. <laughs> I'm the one that's saying you shouldn't get enjoyment out of it. Enjoyment? Uh, just relaxation. <laughs> this is what I like to have playing in the background. This is my white noise when I go to sleep. Pegs is agony. Please don't kill me. I've got so little to live for. A very drawn out. <laughs> All right, so the next scene we hey, got scratch, Michael. How's it going, Scratch? How's your brother, Scratch? Oh, forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the way she came to Tanya, and Tanya was like, "Not now." What you typing? <laughs> Nothing. Got, got some good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, man. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, or typing out, "Don't break Redbeard's heart." <laughs> Sorry, done. Doctor's gone, man. Oh, that's not my fault, though. <laughs> I was trying to give Casey every possible loophole out of that. 
just wasn't wasn't gonna take the bait. <laughs> Don't breathe. Just just in you know, and just to make sure that we know he's dead, I guess we should keep going. <laughs> ready so, to go to the arena? Yeah, we're ready to go to the arena. He's gone. He's gone. And we're not talking about an in the park home run or out of the park home run in the arena here, which is a hockey arena. But speaking of <laughs> I'm learning more and more that in Canada uh, they just name everything after famous hockey players. Really? I don't know. That's, an, that's just a, a funny Canada joke. I don't know what Tim Hortons is, but I keep hearing about it. And apparently, well, he's a f- big hockey player. Speaking of Canada, you know, my kids told me something that I didn't know today. What was that? You know the little hairless cat, the Sphinx? Yes. That particular breed of domestic cat created in Canada. And not Egypt, like I would think if it was called the Sphinx. No, no, no. Oh, no wonder. No wonder Mike Myers liked it so much. <laughs> golly. <laughs> I said golly. Let's see. You know, I never fact-checked them. I, I, I may need to... Yeah. Oh, oh. Known as the Canadian Sphinx. Mm. Which is distinct from the Russian Sphinx. So they, enclo- they enclose uh, Datu Vader on a funeral pyre with some insulation. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, what are, what are they doing? They making like a little mini furnace for him to be inside of, right? Because I, I'm thinking fiberglass insulation, not whatever this stuff is. Yeah, he's. It's kind of funny. I mean, I mean Michael pulls the lighter out way before they even build it all. I, <laughs> so I thought he's just gonna go set his clothes on fire. I was like, yeah, that's not gonna do a whole lot. I, I'm wondering how much insulation they had because I mean, I I, I was thinking. Victor was going to break out some tires and diesel or something, you know, but nope, just insulation. It really wouldn't matter because unless you're in one of those crematory type furnaces, you're not getting cremated. But <laughs> the human body has to be heated up to a really, really high temperature for a pretty substantial amount of time. Like people in house fires, even the really big house fires, they're not cremated. No. I think the closest to it, though, is probably going to be tires and gasoline, though. Oh, yeah, that that could probably... Get, that gets really, really hot. <laughs> You're reaching lava. I'm pretty sure that'll work. <laughs> some rubber lava. No, don't, don't go Google searching a lot of this. You'll get put on a watch list somewhere. <laughs> you have a family member that goes missing. They're going to come to you first. Oh, no. <laughs> well, see here, you bought uh, new tires last year. <laughs> yeah. And you're looking I, at this other thing. And you didn't pay the state disposal fees, so you must have kept them. <laughs> First life, then taxes. That's one of our questions of the week answers. <laughs> yes. We'll get to it. Uh, okay, so at the very end of this, after they do the funeral pyre, um, and they go through an exit, and they mention there's no other cars around there, so they have to, to hoof it over to their vehicles. Michael says, I know what we have to do. Save your strength. This is far from over. Any any clue, anything that would lead you to believe we've been told what he's planning? Oh, he's he's going after Ink still. Right, but like he sounds like he has a specific plan in mind. Like he knows what he has to do. Like my first thought was what somebody said, you know, send Cody down the tunnel with a nuke on it. <laughs> <laughs> I figure it has something to do with the tunnel. It has to. Right. Oh, you're gonna nuke him. What? Which book is that? Where they have the radiated zombies? Uh, World War Z, I think. Was it World War Z or is it? Oh, yeah, it was. I was thinking day by day Armageddon. Um, it might be. I don't remember actually. For sure. It, it's been a minute. So. All I can remember is hearing about a fire truck that was irradiated that somebody stayed in overnight. And it turned out it killed them, but the zombies got stronger for it. I think it was day by day. 
was it? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it was. Either one of those. It was. And more and more, I think about the storyline. It, it was great. Day by day Armageddon. Yeah, guys, go check out J.L. Bourne's uh, Day by Day Armageddon. It's really good. Probably my favorite zombie book out there. I've, I've only read a few, but <laughs> that one's pretty good. So it's it's pretty late at night right now at the arena, right? Yeah. It's, uh, well, also the other thing about this, save your strength. It sounds like Michael's going to, going to do it right then. Yeah, I was like, what are you planning on doing? Like, You've been running. Your, you don't have anything. <laughs> you need to go sleep for about 20 hours. We're going to break off some switches and go down there and whip them zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what's he going to do? I don't know, and they're about to huff it to the church, so, I mean, after all that's said and done, they're going to be wiped <laughs> But on the way to the church, Michael calls on the radio, and I was wondering if this is when Bert's radio went off in the back. Well, they uh, they w- that was morning already. The sun was just about to come up. Oh, that's true. Hmm. And the other one was just about nighttime, I thought. Or maybe a little bit. It could have been a little bit past dark because Bert had, fall- had dozed off a few times. Hmm. Not, you know, I don't, I don't think that's it. I guess it could be stretched to be that. Maybe. I doubt it. I think it's probably earlier in the night when that happened, so yeah, I like that don't match you know, up. I like when people play with timelines, though, and if it's done well, it really brings a lot to, the, to a story for me. Back to the future. All right, uh, so the truck was left the same as it was when they make it back over there, Michael and Victor, but the church was not the same. Like, I was expecting it to flatten by the way what, they were talking about it. Yeah, I expected it to be, like, torched or something. But basically the only thing different from the outside was that the doors were missing, right? Yeah. And they could look inside and see that near the altar, the tunnel system, the entrance at least, was sealed off. It was gone. Which um, is crazy. It is. And why would they take the doors off? I don't... I guess just the... I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. Well, I, I'm assuming they used whatever they could to fill in the hole. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty smooth. But, man, I have, I have no idea... It's going to make things interesting. But they still know where one of the entrances are. But it's not going to be easy to get to. And you're not going to have the greatest advantage. Like putting Cody down there might be difficult because you can't get into the arena that easily. Yeah. How did they uh, How did they know that they were in the church? Smell, maybe? That's the only thing, only thing I, I could think. And possibly the zombies did know they were there. They had spotted them. And the only thing that really saved them was Victor putting down the cologne. Oh, okay. Hmm. Another small note here, um, just for any listeners or Casey or anybody, there was a weird growl I, I heard, uh, just a, or a noise that I heard as a growl that wasn't that at all. It was in the middle of a sentence, though. It didn't seem to fit for me. It was a 2142, right around 2142 in this, in this show. And I was huh. really curious if that was supposed to be like, they didn't hear it, but we heard it. Something, or maybe it was wasn't even a growl, and it was a truck noise. Maybe. Give me just a second. I want to listen for it. Okay, I'll open it up too. What? The entrance. It's gone. How was it just gone? They knew we came in this way. They sealed it off. How are we gonna? Hmm. Don't tell me this was for nothing. I don't know. Okay, now I'm gonna play just the part where Victor talks, and then you can hear the noise, and then right after that, I'm gonna play just the noise. How are we gonna? Hmm. Don't tell me this. Listening to it again, I'm not sure if it if it's a nitpick on my part, and it maybe was supposed to be like a upset sound by Victor or Michael that was thrown in there. That maybe it was the tongue was just off a little bit. I don't know. 
I yeah, I don't know. It did kind of sound like it. I don't know. It sounded kind of like a Bert. Like, Argh. yeah, it did. And I know, I know it would be Bert. So I was just trying to figure out if it was a growl. They uh, decided to ditch the uh, canned engine noises and start making them manually. Oh, maybe. <clears throat> oh, maybe it was a. <laughs> maybe it was a sound of the the vehicle. No, it it, it didn't. It didn't sound like the engine because you already heard it. But I don't know. It could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it, want, did, it did sound like a kind of like a growling noise. I don't want a nitpick here. I was just trying to go for a crazy uh, nitpick. That, that might be the engine. I'm gonna guess because I don't. Yeah, I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good episode. Good episode. All right. So tons, main- tons of details. Yes, and I am going to maintain my Skittles vigilance. We're gonna <laughs> see him. We're gonna see him again. We've got this chapter and. Three others. He's he's roommates with Tardis. Mm-hmm. Or he has an entire map of <laughs> roommates with Tardis. <laughs> or he has an entire map with all the different entrances and exits exits of the uh, tunnel system. Exits. Exits. <laughs> That's good. Entrances and exits. Exits. <laughs> exits. Exits. Entrances. That's good. All right. Um. Favorite lines. Yeah. Favorite lines. Why did I... Mine was when Bert was talking to Goat. <laughs> You're such a tough guy talking all sweet to a goat. Yeah. I think mine uh, was, I know what we have to do, save your strength. This is far from over. Mm-hmm. That was then, and this is now. Um, but now it's then. But now... And now it's now. The Bert part was then, but the Micah part is now. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Annie Ball Hernandez tweeted us and said his favorite line was, Bye, dog. <laughs> Getting kind of hungry. Uh, that's great. Okay, so uh, ratings. Rating is a... Uh... Okay, yeah. I, I, I shouldn't even ask, I guess. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go four here. It's definitely a good... Another, another great episode. It was. Like you said, there was a lot of details. Wow, we got a dog. Come on. What else can you ask for? Except for Skittles and Randy. Yeah, Goat's my new uh, Datu. <laughs> Goat's the new Datu. <laughs> yes. Tie that gate up to his collar and have him open that thing up. <laughs> no problem. He'll hoof it on over there. And they eat anything. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, when Riley was taking, talking about taking out the trash, that's all you would have to do to figure out where people are. Because you, you realize just how much trash we accumulate. <laughs> now at least then I guess they're not going to the store and getting cereal boxes all the time so that's not going to be too much but seriously as much trash as people make you could just drive around and see where the trash piles are getting larger <laughs> and then you're going to find somebody we've got some news about the series finale as you heard at the beginning of the we're live show i'm just going to read what the release he put on the website is um, it all ends here in case you weren't aware season four is the final season of we're live Chapter 48 brings the series to a close in July. To kick things off, we're having a world premiere of the final chapter, along with the live performance of Chapter 47. The series finale will be aired at this event first for the premiere, and then online a week later. Event time is Saturday, July 19th, 2014, and the series finale event tickets will go on sale April 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Awesome. Yes, very cool. Unfortunately, I will be driving... Whenever they come out to my airplane. <laughs> All right, question of the week, and we had two for y'all from last show, so uh, and we're thank we're thankful people went out there and sent us their answers. 
the first one was fill in the blank, first life, then dot, 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 which was a nod to the description of chapter 44, part three, life and death. Which, hold on a second. What about this week's? What happened elsewhere? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> oh, that, that could be fun. And a goat ate the couch. <laughs> Dang it, goat. Where am I supposed to sit now? I'm just going to be a grumpy old man. <laughs> and number two, who will get to the colony first? Scratch or ink? Hmm. It's pretty awesome. Okay, so Tony Hines' answer is first life, then life after we're alive. Which will be worse than death? <laughs> Answer to question number two. Scratch. The survivors will be forced to team up with Scratch and battle Ink. Or Ink will do them a favor and kill her instead. Yeah. All right. Casey Whalen says first life. Then whatever comes next. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Deanna Austria says first life, then the other side. Whatever that means to you. Which is kind of still in Casey's. So what he said. <laughs> Thank you, Deanna. Uh, De Haventon says, A first life, then rebirth, because our life is like an Ouroboros. I meant to look that up. I don't know what that is. I don't either. I feel stupid. <laughs> Me too. Uh, number two, a scratch was already there when one of the moving teams was was heading out. Let me look this up. I gotta know what an Ouroboro is. Oh my goodness, it's already coming up. An ancient symbol depicting a serpent or dragon eating its own tail. That's oh. cool, and I've heard an awesome heard sort of, of story before. about one of those. That, oh, or really? That included one of those. Which one was it? Uh, it was on a skate pod. It was one with a girl in a hospital, and that was something she wore around her neck. But she was living in a virtual environment, and her brain was on a hard drive. Hmm. If I can remember the name, I'll send it to you. It was really good. But the, the snake eating its own tail had played a big part in it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it was. And if that sounds interesting to you, uh, the name of it was Endosymbiote. And you can find that on a skate pod or in the show notes, there's a link. All right, let me get back to that. I've just learned something. Thank you to Haventon. Jennifer McCain says, first life, then taxes. And I think Scratch will get there first. Matthew Lemieux says, uh, darn, I was, I was going to say taxes. I was just waiting until after I listened to the episode to answer the second one. <laughs> uh, Deanna... She mentions Scratch. I think we will get the Scratch resolution first. That's, that would make sense, you know. We had the zombie problem first, and then Scratch came along. Then we resolved Scratches and finished the original problem off. I can see that. Then uh, Varen Nika says, First life, then morning life lost. How true. That was so sad. Very true. Uh, Scratch will get there first. Remember she was watching the Caravan of Departures. Uh, she'll try to take Nicholas, and in the middle of the battle, Ink and his crew will arrive, prompting the colonists and Scratch to band together. We're seeing this more and more, and uh, from people's uh, thoughts on how this could shake out, that could—I mean—that could happen. I, I think, forcing them to play together, and she kind of like aims her pistol over there and shoots pegs during the melee, uh, you know, the fight. Yeah, you come around. <laughs> I'm just saying she could use it to her <laughs> advantage. She's a resourceful. Uh, Mauler. You got the next dose? Or did I include those? Uh, see, Adam says, more life? Question mark? He says, hopefully. Scratch, but she opens up the walls somehow so he gets in. <laughs> Uh-oh. Cat Lero says, uh, first life, then wine. <laughs> to help deal with life. And maybe a martini. Followed by a beer. Life is rough. <laughs> <laughs> life is rough. Oh, man. <laughs> So, do you want to do the 
feedback, fan feedback first, or the or the forum feedback first? I guess we better think of a new question of the week. Oh, because I always forget that once we get to this point. Oh, a new question. New question of the week. I don't know. It's pretty funny playing on the uh, the title of the episode. Have we already asked uh, what everybody thinks Skittles has been doing? Mm, no, but we could do that. Okay. What is Skittles doing now? Yeah, what's Skittles been up to since we saw him last? <laughs> what, what what has he been doing? Collecting shrunken zombie heads. <laughs> figuring out the pro- figuring out the process to do it just right. <laughs> All right, so we have some uh, listener mail tweets, Facebook posts, and these first two come from before today's show. To give you some context, but Katie Lero writes, Oh, guys, I was more upset that I got duped so badly. LOL, I did find it very funny. No hurt feelings at all. Awesome. And that was about our April Fool's joke, and we were just kind of apologizing. But, yeah, we're glad to see that that's you you liked it. You are awesome. Adam says, uh, Other than the two contradicting Pegs episode titles, this one is the best. <laughs> Remember you named it? Was it about the gear or whatever? Yeah, fat gear. <laughs> yeah, Michael. Yeah, because Casey said that Michael's it's not, not fat. Because it's, it's okay. A lot of gear. Fat gear. <laughs> <laughs> After today's show. Fat gear solid. Another great episode, guys. Cheers for the mentions and voicemail play. First life, then we're live. For when only death isn't enough. Who, <laughs> for when who, only who, one death. Who, who, who was this? Oh, I missed it, didn't I? Dang it. Who was this one? I can't think of his name. I'll go pluck it from the... We haven't heard from Doofus and some of the other pizza... Slaterific... Uh, Slickers. Yeah, what's going on there? Let's see. Uh, Tweet. Come to think about it, I haven't seen him on the forum lately either. Maybe they got to play catch-up. I see Doofus. I follow him. I see him pretty often. Not Doofus. Uh, I did see Doofus recently, actually, but... Funky Dung is who I'm thinking of. Ah. Cheers. I mentioned the voice. Must, must be Tony Hind. Let me look him up real quick. Well, don't search yep. for cheers for the mentions on Twitter. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, that's nerd is the word, Tony Hind. My bad. Okay. Thank you, Tony. And then, uh... <laughs> Yukiyoshi Sawada? Very good. Okay. Uh, I, on I Twitter... I could be completely wrong, but that's how I read it. <laughs> you guys asked who was with Hope. It's Pete and Max. It would be my my guest. Oh, and uh, Lady too. <laughs> yeah, if we said after today's show, sorry, I I inserted that uh, before a little early here. So, <laughs> whoa. All right, Sai says that was great, and this is oh we're talking about the Jay Oligario interviews here. Uh, Sai says that was great. Laughed long most of the time. I'll miss Datu. I hope your crazy syringe theory was right. <laughs> about us uh, saving Datu's life and the alternative ending. Unfortunately, I don't think that was the case. Nope. Casey had to go and burn the body. Mm-hmm. Right. What's he going to do next? Probably take it up in the helicopter and drop it. Just to, <laughs> so we know. Adam says, uh, this is the best interview yet. It's hilarious. <laughs> then I'll steal it yours. <laughs> then he says, it's hilarious. No question about it. <laughs> That's great. Left us in suspense there for a minute. Nerd is the word. Tony Hines says, uh, great show, and I agree. Get Jay on every Tuesday. <laughs> well, that's funny we mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> Brendan Teske says, just listen to the hashtag interview podcast. Uh, Jay, you totally sound like a, a down-to-earth kind of guy. Great job, guys. He totally was, but also a like out-of-this-world cool guy. So how does that work? I don't know. 
The Haventon uh, Wilson says, this was an awesome surprise. Uh, love the interview. Datu needs his own show. I would listen to, to a Datu show. I might even pay money for a Datu show. Oh, no. <laughs> as no question. that guy is. No question about it. That would be awesome. <laughs> so, okay, so Gloria on Facebook says, what a nice guy Jay is. So down to earth. Love how he can switch Datu on and off so quickly. And all this time I thought <laughs> that was how he really talked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure what to think. <laughs> I, I thought maybe he w- he did sound more like Datu, but no. See, uh, Lisa Bethan on Facebook says, I, I listened to the interview tonight, and it's great. Joe, 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 Jay Oligario is really funny. <laughs> Joe. That he is. <laughs> hey, Thank Joe Oligario. So. That's his cousin in Kentucky, isn't it? Joe. Uh, Joe Oligario. It was Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lisa, Gloria, and everybody else that, uh, sent us a lot of feedback the last couple weeks. We'll look forward to hearing more from you guys after you listen to this episode as well as um, next week's, getting ready for next week's podcast. So, <laughs> so yeah, okay, forum feedback. Forum feedback time. Here we go. So somebody posted a picture of like a cartoon rabbit with an AK in his hands and there's bullet casing the line on the ground. <laughs> Which doctor replied to it and said, took me a second. I thought those were bunny droppings laying on the ground next oh. to him. I was like, that's hilarious. You <laughs> totally called the first scene of the episode. Well, it oh. wasn't bunny droppings, but it was goat droppings. Right, right. <laughs> Undead Sweeper said, all right, who did the voice for goat? Redbeard? <laughs> <laughs> who said that? That was Undead Sweeper. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Guru says, so Tardust uh, abandoned Scratch as she went for the convoy? Guess he didn't want to do the hunt any longer. I I agreed with that one. That's that was my thought too. But he could be just lying. Yeah. Well, no. I think he doesn't want to do the hunt. I just don't think he's left her forever. You know what? And here from here on out, I'm going to do this like you do the feedback, so we can alternate between them. Oh sure. I, I don't know why I haven't thought about that until now. Uh, so uh, I'll just kick him back. <laughs> yet another bloody cheek says, "I would not believe him on anything. That man is a notorious liar." So he believes that. He is lying that he knows where she is right then and there. Cool. I'm glad that there's this different ideas all over the place. Osiris has a prediction. He says that Bert and Riley will both die in Chapter 45, Episode 3. Who's, who is this? Osiris. Nice. Sticking a nice prediction out there. So we need, to, we need to make a note of that one and bring it up later on. Right. That's good stuff. Especially if he gets it right. I mean... So yeah, Osiris says, I'd also like to point out that there is no way you're going to drill out that still lock with a cordless drill set to screw with the clutch set, creating the sound you hear the drill make roughly at five minutes and twenty seven or five minutes and twenty seven seconds. Alright, you're the- not gonna take me out of that immersion. <laughs> that was good enough. Well Casey had a okay. rebuttal to this. He said okay, you're just yeah. you're just gonna have to suspend disbelief on that one. I didn't want to spend five minutes at the door lock. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Cabbage Patch said maybe Ink had the tunnel closed because he was repelled, repelled by the smell of cologne Victor spread to Master Scent. <laughs> Close that off. <laughs> we cannot take it. <laughs> Yet another bloody cheek says, hmm, why does Tardust not carry the key to the house with him? Does he expect Scratch to return later onto the house? Now, this one I could go back and forth either way. I think if you have multiple safe houses, you wouldn't want to carry every one of the keys with you. But right, and plus you're gonna have the key for like six different people. 
if it was, you know, one of those type of deals. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get the keys duplicated. Right. <laughs> of course. Go on to that Tim Hortons. <laughs> uh, Tony Hines says, uh, chapter title, Distorted Truths. That should have been the title of the We're Alive Fancast April Fool's episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you. I'm so <laughs> glad to hear people heard it. Witch Doctor says, I have an itch from working in the yard today. I hate Scratch so much, I'm just going to have to live with it. <laughs> but um, if I can find the nice uh, rim shot noise, I'll throw it in there. So, and I'm not really going to go into the details of what's different in this episode. Uh, in this this episode, I'm about to talk about. But uh, Casey released a alternate version of this episode of We're Alive, and uh, you guys should go check it out. Go join up on the forums and look for the link in the episode reviews or episode discussions. Yeah, sounds good. I need to go out there and check that out for show. <laughs> you worked it in. Both show. Both show. That's all I got. Trying to find my predictions uh, spreadsheet from whenever we did the live show. Yeah, here it is. We're live predictions. This is my Redbeard and your list for a live fan cast. Yay. Good job. <laughs> She's funny. She is funny. You made me do it. <laughs> you made me do it. <laughs> No way. You did great. Just like Balloon Boy on Larry King. Balloon Boy? I don't remember. even know what that is. You don't remember that? Oh, the UFO thing? Yeah. No, not the UFO. Th- oh, I guess it was supposed to be like a UFO for fun, but the kid, the story was the kid got stuck in the balloon. Yeah, and he was in the attic. And he was asleep in the attic, and they were getting interviewed that night. And I was watching it, and the guy was like, so tell me about this, whatever. And he looked at his dad, and he was like, well, you... Told me to do it. We were doing it for the show. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it for the show. <laughs> well, yeah, you're doing it for the show. Thank you, Miss Redbeard. What a Ms. bunch Redbeard. of what a bunch of clowns. Yes. Okay, I found it and I edited edited in there. Edited in there. And Bert and Riley die. Chapter forty-five, part three. And Undead Sweeper said that. Who said that? Uh, Osiris. Osiris said that. Roger Dodger. Roger Dodger. Very good, very good. I'm not even sure he listens anymore. He's just too busy to keep up with us. But it's out there. <laughs> Anytime. I'm going to go on the forum and say, you're on record, pal. Record. We got you, buddy. All right, that's been another great and fun show. That was good. Also, uh, we haven't mentioned, if you haven't heard the Jay Oligario interview, check that out. And also, if you haven't heard the uh, Blair Wayland interview, check that one out as well. It's going to be... All right, well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Who are you? Oh, this is Mick. Thank you. Hey, this is Redbeard. Next week. (laughs) Cool. Done. Done. Done and done. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mickred production.
where we cover every new release of the pod. We're lo- <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> well, what wasn't what I'm thinking it might have been? Is was it? What? <laughs> it, not a duck call. No, I was trying to get it to. My beard's in the way. I was trying to do that little technique how they make the uh, the zombie calls. Oh. Ah. Nice. I don't even know how. It's like jam the Rubbermaid tub into their throat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what sound they're making while they do it. <laughs> the survivals. Alright, so that was Tattooed by Willie Roberts. What a great song. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoy that song. Uh, welcome back to Y102 Blackhawk Radio. Yes. It's so good to be here. And, man, I'm so glad that this, we're on a nice, clean radio station here. But Absolutely. Cleanliness is next to godliness, I always say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But in the news lately, have you heard about this disinfectant that's dangerous? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure about it. This shoe shut. Uh, I don't know about it. What what are you what are your thoughts? I don't know. I'm hearing that people are getting into this and I don't know right. it's giving them like tree growths on their hands or something. You said tree growths? Tree growths? growths. Yeah, something like that. Trees growing out of their hands? Is that what you're saying? Right, within right an hour of using it. Well, uh, they that's grow bark. all I, that's all I needed to know. I will not be using shoe shut. Thank you for but, uh, telling me about the tree growths. That wasn't the only side effect, though. There was others. Don't you remember the others? Let me see. Uh, I'm pulling up. Uh, thank God we've got the internet right in front of us. Am oh, I right? I know. I know. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Old. Oh, yeah. You know what? Shoe shut makes your eyes fall out. Oh, it does. Yeah. That must not, have been... not even not even just not even just like loss of sight. Like literally, your eyeballs will fall out of your skull. Is what it's saying. I don't know. You can't believe everything on the internet. I think that was a quote. From Abraham Lincoln, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we better play the next song, because my grandma's eyes fell out last week. I'm, maybe I don't that think was that harder. had anything to do with Shoe Shut, though. I think your grandma's just really, really old. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and play that next song on Y102 Black Hawk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> 